Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Refresh Rate, our check-in on what we've been enjoying in media lately. I'm Six Stepmar from Scanline Media. I'm Jennifer Uncle from Scanline Media. I'm Gary A. Page of Scanline Media. And uh, another month has passed. Time. Our, uh, our project to stop it has failed once again. I know, I'm I sorry. Just, it's it's like just, the research is falling behind. It's like it's it's like a whole thing. It's like it's have you heard of this Christmas thing? It's weird, right? It's very weird. I don't know how much longer I can keep doing it, Kyrie. Yeah. Every month we're like, okay, and now time will stop moving forward and it doesn't happen. I know, I know, I know. It's like don't worry, it's 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 like I'm really really trucking working hard on that thing. Okay. Okay. I appreciate it. I'm calling it a stopwatch. But you just don't look at it, right? That's how you stopwatch. <laughs> or you take the batteries out, depending on the model. Mm, okay, sure, sure. Uh, how's it going, folks? How was your uh, late half of November, early half of December, because of how we've gotten on a schedule these days? <laughs> um, it's It's been all right. Like, um, I'm just looking forward to um, the upcoming next two weeks because at some point i'm just gonna go a long stretch of time without any work and i'll be able to go to magfest and stuff for the first time in years so that's pretty exciting yeah i i i reordered some business cards so i'll be passing some of those out at uh magfest um i i've been doing okay uh some of the stuff I have, like, I haven't been able to play as much as I would like, but, mm-hmm. you know, wrist injuries notwithstanding, like, it, less of an injury, just more, when the doctor looked at it, it was like, no, uh, you're just, like, your muscles are stressed out. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I guess working a job in which I'm typing all day would uh, do that. Yeah, but, uh, that that would do that for sure. But we we persevere regardless. I'm doing much better now. Uh, That's good. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I myself haven't had time for much, but what I'm supposed to play for various things. So I, <laughs> I've like I was looking at what I could bring to the table, and I kind of only had one option, and it is something I've been doing for content anyway. But it'll be okay. It'll be so fine. It's like it'll actually be fine. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> uh. But okay, who wants to go first? Who 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 wants to share with the class? Um, I could go first uh, if you'd like. Sure, yeah. you've been playing that Callisto protocol, that that like spiritual, and not even like spiritual ancestor of Dead Space. I guess that's a way of putting it, yeah. Um, it was uh, directed by Blaine Schofield, who uh, was one of the co-creators of Dead Space, and at some point uh, he got hired on by the player-known Battlegrounds folks and was like, hey, what if we made a 
what if we did something like that again? But, but, but not that. Like again, I just remember when this trailer first dropped, it said set in the universe of player unknown battlegrounds. Yeah, and at some point they just decided, okay, wait, this is... hold on, hold on. It's called PUBG Battlegrounds. Wait, what? Yeah, hold on. They, they changed the name to PUBG Battlegrounds at some wait, point. But... It's like ATM Machine. Except for ATM Machine is like literally incorrect and people just say it anyway. Uh, they didn't change the name of ATMs to become ATM Machine because people can't think. <laughs> or pin so, number or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like at some point between the announcement in 2019 or so and uh, the actual release, they decided... Uh, Setting it into the future of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds was kind of silly, so they just made it its own thing. Um, th the thing is, it's not as dead space as you would expect, despite like the guy having a little a health meter on the back of his neck. Like, uh, this is a weird fucking game. Like, the advertise okay, is, is it set on Callisto? Yes. Okay, all right, all right. Is there a protocol? Yeah. Yes, like there is a protocol. Okay, great. Wow. We're, okay, man. Video on. games have come so far. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> John, um, not, not, not just Pac-Man anymore. <laughs> yeah, the, the, way, the premise of this game is that, like, you're playing a space trucker of sorts. You're, uh, <laughs> your ship gets boarded by a, like, a terrorist, um, and in the process of them trying to hijack your cargo, you end up crashing into Callisto. Since you're seen alongside the terrorist, uh, the the police that come to get you are basically like, to, to come and check on the ship that just crashed, they're like, okay, clearly you're in league with them. We're taking you to this uh, prison called Black Iron Prison. And uh, it's a... <laughs> like, you start to realize something is a little bit weird here when... With the story or with the game you're playing? <laughs> a little bit of both, because, like, the, they don't do much to flush anyone out here. Like, it seems like they're going through certain motions, but it I'm not sure if it expects you to have listened to the prequel podcast, because you don't know much about this person's history other than, like, he is a trucker, he's worked with this other person for a while, that other person is suddenly dead. And, that uh, fucking prequel podcast. Yeah, this this time is video games have come so far derogatory. <laughs> <laughs> At least in Metal Gear Solid 4, they've had the decency to put it in the video game. So yeah, now that this game is like more hardcore because it's in prison or whatever, like instead of wearing a instead of wearing a mechanic suit that has your health bar, like you get it uh, surgically attached to your um the base of your skull. Um in a little gory sequence, and, uh... It... I noticed something was immediately off with the way it actually plays when it got... It brought me into my first fight, and it's like, okay, press the... Sorry. <laughs> I get into my first combat situation, and they say, okay, press left or right on the analog stick. And the game turns into Punch-Out!! <laughs> So this is not a third-person shooter so much as it is, like, a third-person brawler, which the marketing did not tell you any of this, but, like, 
anytime an enemy is it's like, a brawler yeah it's a survival <laughs> brawler <laughs> you see the, here's the problem when you say that it is a brawler set in space in on a space prison fighting alien like punch out fighting a bunch of aliens sounds sick as hell the thing is it, the controls aren't nearly as sophisticated as something like punch out which is is it like <laughs> Condemned criminal origins? No, like what happens is that okay, an enemy is swinging at you. You press uh-huh. the, you hold the analog stick in the left or right direction. It doesn't matter which direction you hold it, as long as you're holding it in one direction, and in the second swing you hold it in a different direction. The timing doesn't matter either. <laughs> it's a situation where you just need to be holding the stick at the right time, and uh, well, there's not a window so much. I'm saying, and you just dodge. And then you hold down on the you hold the left analog stick back to block. <laughs> and the thing about all of this is like it's a, it's a little bit wonky, but okay. But one on one, you it's manageable. As soon as it puts you against two or three other people, you're getting into situations where someone behind you is swinging. You're okay, it's God hand. Stick. Okay, Except, okay. I, six. You and I are uh-huh. on the same wavelength. Because I thought on a similar level, man, the dodge system in God Hand was great, but there's one critical difference. All the dodging was on the right stick on with God Hand. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> yes, that's true. Because yeah. in God Hand, like, it would be kind of sick as hell to be punching out aliens in the God Hand engine. All right? Like... But there's a reason why you put the right stick as all your dodges in that type of game, because I feel like the problem with the Callisto Protocol is you're moving your guy around with the left stick, and then something swings at you, and then you dodge. Yeah. Is that, is that basically what happens? Yeah, as long as there's more than one enemy like after you, that can totally happen. Your character will just suddenly start rotating to deal with it, and it can turn into this whole situation where you forget where you're standing. And, like, this game also, like, it gets rid of a few other things that you'd expect from Dead Space. Like, you don't have any map. Like, it's not a situation where they're expecting you to occasionally explore. Like, there are small, explorable areas, but you're not, like, going way off the beaten track. You're just expected to figure out, okay, I'm going to work by the lighting here. That's going to tell me where I need to go. And it doesn't always tell you where you need to go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh let's see I'm trying to think of i guess the biggest problem if this is something that dead space depending on your depending on how you feel about horror games this might be true for dead space too but callisto protocol is not scary it, it's so not scary that like i get to points where like i'm opening i'm opening chests a little thing jumps out at me I open a dryer, a little thing jumps out at me. I open a drawer, a little thing jumps out at me. And it's never like, it never- <laughs> Wait, so, and then a little thing jumps out at you, right? Like, let's let's say a head crab, right? And then uh-huh. you have to play punch out against the head crab, or- No, you just tap A until it disappears. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool, I love video games. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, it's like, Dead Space, like- Many people will tell you Dead Space is not a scary game, but that's okay because it is a very competent Resident Evil 4 style third person shooter. And it nails all those action sequences and things like that. Like, 
This game doesn't do either well. It's a situation where it'll introduce me to a new enemy that's like a jack-in-the-box head that comes out of a flesh sack. And initially when it happens, it's like, oh, that was kind of creepy. But then I find out, okay, I'm going to run into it three or four more times in a five-minute sequence. And I can't tell which flesh sacks have the little heads in them. I just have to either shoot all of them and waste my ammo or... I just have to run through them and just tap the button and treat them as an annoyance. This game takes a bunch of enemies that could be fearsome and turns them into annoyances. <laughs> and that is probably the Achilles heel of the whole thing. It sounds like it has multiple Achilles heels. <laughs> you wouldn't be wrong. It's so frustrating too because like, I love Dead Space. I, I like this guy's work. I, and there are, and it is such a beautiful game too. Like some of the animations that are on screen, like the way that you can have your torso torn in half or. It looks like Doom 3. <laughs> the lighting does a little bit. Yeah. And, and the, like the art style. And you do a lot of vent crawling and the vent crawling might be some of the most accurate looking fin crawling you've ever seen just like the way that he has to <laughs> where he like gets like gets the far first half of his torso in and he's like damn my ass is too big i just i can't guess i can't use this vent and he has to leave <laughs> or or like arkham asylum or is it arkham asylum or like no i'm thinking of the prison break game in which oh yeah you just unscrew th like screws with your thumbs i just meant like you come to <laughs> a little turn and the the guy, like, takes his arms and has to, like, rearrange himself to get through it. Does he ever at any point say, now I know what a TV dinner feels like? No. Christmas is ruined. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those situations where I feel like I'm either dying to a weak enemy because the dodging is all silly when there's multiple enemies, or... I'm getting stuck into some of the like spinning saw blade death traps they put out to keep the prisoners from escaping because I have to like kite the enemies around so they fall into it, but I can get away safely before the trap comes for me. Okay, so I'm I'm looking at some gameplay because I was just having trouble believing you, frankly. Um <laughs> <laughs> because it's just what you're describing was surreal. And so, because I knew this game has guns in it. And I'm like, so does, how does that work with, so it's like you're dodging and you seem to probably have a dedicated button for swinging like your cyber stun baton crowbar thing, um, I'm guessing. And then you also have various guns, but like the enemies close the different distance so fast, you're basically forced to play punch out unless you want to burn all your ammo. Yeah, and... It's not a dedicated button so much as it is hitting the right trigger by itself swings it, and then holding the left trigger is the thing that lets the right trigger shoot the gun. And uh, you also get into situations where if you stun an enemy well enough, a little blue reticle will appear on them. And at that point, if you hold down the aim button, the gun snaps to that target and you can get uh, some extra damage on the person. It seems like there are maybe some ideas here that aren't bad. It just needed more iteration, perhaps? Or focus. I could definitely see that. There's just something about the whole thing that, despite being 
despite looking absolutely fucking gorgeous from top to bottom, like just having some incredible facial animations, uh, you just see actors you've seen in TV shows and it's like, wow, they captured their mannerisms almost exactly. And various things like that. It's a very impressive game to look at, but like the story doesn't make any goddamn sense. The beats that you run into, like, not to spoil anything, but if you've played Dead Space, you are aware of, like, why someone might want to deal with an infection and use it to their advantage. And, uh, and then the combat just feels wild and kind of weak. Confused. Kind Confused. Of. Yeah. That's the huh. word for it. Yeah. Are you having fun despite yourself, or did you? Are you giving it up? Um, it's one of the situations where I have to take long breaks in between sessions, even though it's not supposed to be a super long game. Just because I'll get fed up with it, and I'm like, okay, I'll just come back to it at a later time. But uh, it is a situation where the main thing propelling me forward right now is the Dead Space remake comes out in a month, and I'm getting the feeling that I'll probably enjoy that a lot more than this. Like he's not like the 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 lead developer on this game is not involved in the Dead Space remake, right? That's correct. And like, I was initially kind of hesitant to jump in on the remake just because it's like, well, the game already looks gorgeous. Like you can play it backwards compatibility on an Xbox Series X, and it's great. But like, they're doing a lot to it. Like they're turning the Ishimura into. They're opening up access so you can kind of just wander wherever. Uh, Is that a good thing? It seems like they're doing it in a specific way to gate progress, almost sort of like one of the like Arkham Asylum. But uh, okay, yeah, they're well, also. I don't know that it was a good thing in Arkham Asylum either, to be honest. <laughs> well, I love the core loop of Arkham Asylum, but uh... I I love the core loop except for the part of it where it's like stumbling around looking for like the next thing that you're supposed to go do in an area you've already been through 20 times running Pulse. through like sp like poison ivy's fucking like spore cannon plants for the 20th time also i would like to point out that like the arkham games are distinctly like a power fantasy of being the batman whereas like in a horror game ostensibly you're supposed to feel like scared and tense okay let me put it a different way okay every single resident evil game does this <laughs> Four doesn't very much. Four very much pushes you forward and cuts off access to areas. Yeah, like it very, very, yeah. I guess I'm just thinking about like the classic Resident Evils, like one, two, three, and then they continued it with seven and eight. But Dead Space was always trying to ape four specifically. Mm hmm. Yeah, so and four I, had a much more straightforward uh, path. Like you were taking the tram, and once you took the tram, that was the end of the chapter. But, uh,. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I just, I, I get worried these days. I have hit the point where it's like, and we've opened up the world. I get anxious because I'm like, wait, but level designs, I like level design, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I, 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 I happen to like it when it's a focused thing of like, oh boy, this is like a fun, like roller coaster, right? Where I'm like being pushed through. Like you can make that work. It seems like it still has those elements, but yeah. It's, it's one of those situations where they're changing enough of it that I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take a look. Now, okay, yeah. I have a pitch for the Dead Space remake, though. What if the ship could change shape and there were dinosaurs? <laughs> and it was a dino 
crisis of some kind. You mean like Dino Crisis 3? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't take you for a Dino Crisis 3 fan. I'm not. I'm just thinking about <laughs> you say, oh, the Ishimura or whatever is being opened up. I think of the the stupid, like, shifting uh, spaceship from Dino Crisis 3. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I guess to summarize, it's disappointing that the this Callisto Protocol straddles a line between taking a decent amount from, like, Dead Space's structure without taking the bits that I like so much, or the bits that feel necessary. Mm. And I hope that they get a second shot at this, because at this specific uh, Callisto Protocol thing. Like, because I would like to see them manage this melee combat in a way that feels more natural and I don't know, just make good on some of the stuff they're showing here. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe maybe we'll get it, maybe they won't. I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't heard a lot of buzz after it launched. I heard an initial wave and then it fell off. But these days, I don't know what that means because often that happens and I find out the game sold great. So, I don't know. Yeah, like, it's... Yeah, it's one of those things where it really can just, like, take off in a different way, or it sells just well enough that they were like, well, let's reuse this tech, I guess. And again, game mm -hmm. development, you know, costs have been ballooning over the past, you know, couple of decades. I will say the people playing it on PC have not had a great time, because uh, this, is, this is an issue with a lot of modern Unreal PC games, but... Uh, it does this thing called shader compilation where essentially when you see an animation or an asset for the first time, the game kind of hitches and it gets to the point where it's hitching during combat or when you're changing areas or things like that. Even changing angles during a cutscene and like, yeah, that, that shit sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not great to, uh, you know, turn the camera and have it freeze for, like, several seconds. Because the way these games are, like... I mean, all video games are... The way they're coded together is all through, like, you know, bubblegum and wishes. But just it, it, modern game development tends to be very, very much that. Yeah, and there's just something about this modern version of Unreal that, like... A ton of developers have had this exact issue with their PC ports. To the point where certain games like Uncharted on PC tell you, hey, why don't you just hang out on the start menu for like five to ten minutes while we take care of the shaders for you? It's, I, I mean, you know, maybe this is unfair, but I seem to recall a bit of a historic issue with Unreal Engine and loading things in on time. So, I don't know, I played Mass Effect 1. I mean, yeah. I mean, people have been making jokes of the Unreal Texture pop-in thing for years. Yeah, and yeah. this is somehow a little bit worse because instead of Texture pop-in, it's like, okay, we're just going to freeze the whole fucking game while it loads in properly. You know, Jack and Daxter on PS2, their solution to this issue is they would detect when you were moving too fast and it was going to have to do, like, some level loading, and they had Jack trip. <laughs> Oh. That's a that's a cute that's a cute answer to the problem, and it only happened if you were going like fast like basically if you were speed running if you were not a speed runner you probably never ran into this but you know it's like oh nice cute. Uh, speaking of speed running, yeah, 
Uh, I haven't been doing that, but I've been playing Spelunky 2, and some people speedrun that. Some people do. seen a run or two from you when you were just like okay let's just see how fast we can get to a certain distance sure sure i mean you know usually speedrunners complete the game that's sort of the point. It's kind of the, yeah. yeah that's kind of like kind of the vibe there whereas i'm like i'm gonna see how fast i can find the spike pit on one three um you know <laughs> and have it beat my face indeed so uh i started streaming spelunky 2 almost daily i skipped yeah. some days but more or less daily doing a daily challenge and a warm-up run and occasionally a little more than that though i still think i'm um let's see let's check our time we are at 8.8 .8 hours okay played damn so can't get better than that <laughs> well i, I 88 is not exactly a... I'm not a big fan of that number, because uh, of cultural context, but, you know. Here we are. Um, here we are. I was a big span of, fan of Spelunky 1. Um, in fact, if you multiply this number by 10, that's about how much Spelunky 1 I played. Uh, I think it's 83 hours, not 88, but, you know, close enough. Damn. Um, and so when Spelunky 2 came out in 2020... I was really excited. I, I saw the announcement. I was like, hell yeah. Uh, Derek Yu is not going to make another Spelunky for no reason. He's coming back because he has ideas. And I played Spelunky 2 at launch, and I did not like it. And it was my biggest disappointment of the year because I expected a lot. Yeah, you did. Like, it, it was... I I remember that conversation of, like, how how low this game made you feel. And it's it's really a testament to... I mean, one, just giving something more time, but also just, like, how tuning numbers is such a big part of games, right? No additions were really made to the part of Spelunky I'm playing. They added some stuff like online multiplayer and things that are nice. I'm not making use of that, right? Mm -hmm. To the part of Spelunky I played, all they changed was basically spawn rates. So that's... Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, so they, like... Yeah, at some point in one of the patches for this game, they, like, just dialed down the, like, spawn rate of enemies. Is that right? Yeah, of specific enemies, because I think the main thing was that it was the starting area. It was the the World 1, the mines, that is just, um, it's a lot more unforgiving than it was in Spelunky 1. Um, there were always, you know, there have always been spike pits for the entire history of Spelunky. It's always been possible, no matter how well your run is going to mess up a jump and instantly die. Um, that's Spelunky. But it wasn't quite as mean. Um, Spelunky won. And, uh, you know, I may, I feel like I may get some, some details wrong from memory, but if you looked at the threats that existed in the, in the mines, bats, bats are not a big deal. Spiders, spiders are not a big deal. Of course, anything in Spelunky can kill you if you're sloppy, but 
generally speaking, if you have your head about you, you handle them no problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, scorpions. Scorpions could sometimes blindside you, but if you caught them in uh, ahead of time, not a big deal. Right. Arrow traps. Again, had to be prepared. Not a big deal. And that was it. Oh, cavemen, I guess, but cavemen are also not a big deal. Sure. Mm. Spelunky 2 adds to this mix. Um, scorpions are here. For a while, I thought they weren't, but it turns out they only spawn from pots now, where sometimes you break a pot and there's a scorpion in there. Um, new threats in here include the horned lizards and the moles. What is it about the horned lizards that really, like, like I, I, I caught like a number of these streams and... You have a specific disdain for the horned lizard. What is it about that that really? So there is one behavior about them that I feel like must have been changed. I can't prove this because I have just I've been so gun shy. I haven't recreated the situation. So what horned lizards would do is they would walk back and forth, right? Like most enemies in Spelunky do. Uh Um, And if they see you, they jump, curl into a ball, and roll at you. If they hit you, they damage you and stun you. Very likely into a wall where they hit you again and again and again, and then you die. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of things in Splunky will combo your ass. The thing that was really frustrating about horned lizards was that there were a lot of situations where it was like, okay, here is a horned lizard on a flat set of ground, and it's just like, what are you going to do? You don't have a safe way to approach it. Um, That was my big problem, I think, besides the moles. And we'll talk about the moles in a second. <laughs> the moles. Those um, are real motherfuckers. Yeah, because, like, I mean, even there was a specific instance, one of the ones that made me just be like, no, fuck you, why did this work, right? Why did this kill me? Um, I There was a um, there was a horned lizard that was just standing still, basically guarding a ledge that I had to climb up, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice. I had to climb up this ledge to proceed through the level. Um, and so I jumped up to trigger it to roll, and then I dropped down and hung from the ledge, and in rolling over my fingers, it vacuumed me up and comboed me to death. And I was like, so I don't have a good answer here. I just have to die. Okay, great. That that um, just doesn't feel good. Like No, no. Um, I think the heart of Spelunky, at the very least in the first world, is that unless you make a mistake, you should be able to get through the level without using any items, right? Right. And it didn't feel true at launch. Sometimes you had scenarios where it felt like it was truly impossible. Um, The other one is the moles. The moles basically burrow into any dirt tiles and just sort of patrol around and then pop out and attack you. And mostly this is manageable. The problem is that they will do it unexpectedly from above, right? Because it'll be like, oh, there are dirt tiles above you, and suddenly moles start dropping from the ceiling. And it's, you know, when you're dealing with one thread at a time in Splunky, usually a thread is not that bad, but you're almost never dealing with just one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, it doesn't help that, I mean, this is an intentional piece of game design, is that um, the the whip in Splunky is very akin to the Castlevania whip, which... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, has like it's a good you know weapon to use in the in that game, but the problem is you really have to commit to your presses. You can't just mash the whip button. Yeah, there's a wind up, and yeah. there's also limitations, right? Like any enemy that is like 
not an instant kill, right? Like a bat where you hit it and it instantly dies. Um, hitting the whip deals one damage, and then the enemy is stunned and invincible to the whip until they wake up. So you can't just whip something to death. You have to whip, wait, whip, wait, whip. You always have to give it the opportunity to hit you back, um, <laughs> which sucks. Right, and it would be like... It'd be one thing if you, like, when you're dealing with, like, a horned lizard or something, it's like, okay, knock it out, and then you just run past it. But often that just means it's like you're leaving something behind that if you need to backtrack because of the way the random levels are designed, you might have to, you know, run back and forth. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is all very, like, in-depth stuff, but it's kind of generally this feeling where Spelunky 2 is a game that expects you to have played Spelunky 1, right? Uh-huh. And at launch, it expected you to be, like, coming off of Spelunky 1 dailies, basically. It, it's like, oh, not only have you been playing Spelunky, uh, you've been playing Spelunky every day for a year, and you are at, like, peak physical, physical condition rolling into 2. If you took a break before 2, fuck you, uh, was kind of how it felt. Um, and that wasn't great. Yeah, but you seem to be a bit happier with how it's uh, playing now, at least judging from your Twitch streams. Yeah, I mean, I think getting past World 1, you really start to see what Spelunky 2 is about, which is, like, it's a much more expansive game. I think it fixes some issues with Spelunky 1. Um, like, there are some things where Derek U was like, actually, I think that design was a bad call, and revises it. But mostly what it is, is, like making things bigger, making there be more possibilities, and trying to surprise you with your expectations, right? Oh, yeah. yeah like, you you got to, like, one area, and you were just flabbergasted. Yeah, yeah. I got to one of the... Uh, I got to World 4, and I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? Um, or, like, I... This is a really classic one. By the t- Once you get decent at Spelunky, right? Spelunky 1. Mm-hmm. Basically, every time you are trying to do the special ending where you go to hell and you fight the king of hell, King Yama, right? Mm. What this involves is you have to get the um, get the key in the mines, use it to open a chest that contains the Wajidai. The Wajidai allows you to find the entrance to the black market in the jungle. You go into the black market. You get the Ankh from the black market. You go into, uh, I think it's 3-2, might be 3-3 or something, in the caves. Mm -hmm. Uh, At that point, you intentionally kill yourself. The Ankh allows you to respawn, but respawns you inside of a statue at a secret exit. You take that secret exit. You go to the City of Gold. Inside the City of Gold, you fight Anubis. You take his scepter. You use the scepter to unlock a, uh, a, a another like secret. Oh, sorry, you're in the temple. Temple goes to City of Gold. I'm sorry. Out of order. Mm-hmm. Anubis is in the temple. Scepter unlocks City of Gold. City of Gold, you get the Necronomicon. Necronomicon allows you to find the secret exit to go to hell. Right? A lot right. of steps. A lot of steps. Yeah. And I have done most of these a lot of times, right? As as you go, like, as you might expect, every step on I've done fewer times than the last, right? But, like, using the Wajidai to find the black market and go to the black market, I've done that so many times. And so I've gotten the Wajidai many times in Splunky 2. I don't know what it does. 
it doesn't do what it did in Spelunky One. <laughs> like I went to the, I went through the jungle. I went through every area of the jungle, and it never reacted. It never started trying to tell me where the black market is. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, is the black market further on? Did I? Does it? What's going on? <laughs> um, I had a moment on stream where I was messing around in the jungle and I went into a cave and um, in Spelunky, you often find coffins that um, will unlock new playable characters. If you've already unlocked the character at that point, you just get an NPC that helps you out. Mm. But if it's like, oh, it's your first time reaching the jungle, sometimes in the jungle, there's one that has this special character that you get, right? Right. Um, and so I went to this cave and I saw like a girl with green hair who was like trapped and I had to like, you could push a block and basically let her out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go unlock a new character. And I went down, I pushed the block and she said, thanks. And I was like, I didn't get the unlocked thing. And she what goes, did that do? I know. Go <laughs> yeah, find my sisters. Like, yeah. It turns out she has two sisters and I, and I'm like, okay, so do I need to get them all across runs do i need to get them in the same run i think i need to get them in the same run okay great um and then i got all of them and nothing happened i was like okay and then i got to a boss fight and there was a ladder and i climbed the ladder to the side of the boss and they were all up there and they're like hey thanks for saving us and they gave me a present i was like oh okay so that's what they do right huh. and then i got a little further and i entered a room and there was a door in the room and there was one of the sisters there and she was like, I got a bad feeling about that door. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I went through the door and I eventually died. Uh, it wasn't an instant murder door, but it was, a, it was a bad time in there. But I just don't know, like. And you haven't looked anything <sighs> up. Like you're, you're like. I've I've looked up I've looked up one thing on purpose and one thing by accident basically. Mm -hmm. Um the one thing I learned by accident, I don't know if I'll ever get to use because it is a like a, a huge secret item that is I don't know how the fuck I could tell you off the air. I don't want to spoil any, anything for listeners, but like the fuck how would I ever do that? Um <laughs> it's Derek's trick. It's Derek's trick, but the one thing I did look up on purpose was the behavior of the first boss you meet, because I had a run that was just especially aggravating, and I was like, okay, I've fought this guy a dozen times, but his AI doesn't make sense to me, and I looked it up, and now I get it. But I'm trying not to look anything up unless I just get really pissed. <laughs> it seems like a good policy, just so, because like the whole purpose of a game like Spelunky is to go deeper and deeper and deeper and try to find new stuff, it seems. Yeah, though there's also an element that which a lot of the a lot of Spelunky One secrets only happen because the community were working together to um, figure out what meant what. Mm hmm. And I think there will come a point if I if I continue to like improve and get further in the game, like once I get the the normal ending of Spelunky Two. At that point, I probably will feel free to look things up because it's like I'm probably not going to learn anything else unless I like I could probably learn stuff eventually given dozens and dozens and dozens of hours. But at that point, the rate of learning drops prodigiously and it's like, eh, just look some things up. Mm -hmm. Right. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you the thing on air and I'll just bleep it. Sure. So you have to.
get cursed. The rabbit person. Crown that. Jeez. The okay. fuck? <laughs> and then if you. tries to kill you (laughs) (laughs) oh it's nonsense i don't like what that doesn't i don't know what to make any of that of any of that but that's part of what i'm enjoying about splunky too is i often don't know what to make of things well it's it if nothing else you know i i can tell like when i when i've tuned into the streams like you're just genuinely having like a, a good time with like this game um yeah yeah, there have been some some days it's like, okay, the seed was just miserable and I'm just having a bad time. But, you know, that's always a threat, like a, a threat in the wings with roguelikes and with Spelunky, it's pretty uncommon. Yeah. Like, uh, Derek, like, he's he's made like three of these types of games before. Like, he, there was that original, like, was it just Spelunker? Was like the first, like the Flash game or something? Well, it actually was just Spelunky, I believe. But then there's Spelunky. Technically, the Spelunky we know as Spelunky 1 is Spelunky HD. Right, right. Um, which, despite the name, actually adds quite a bit and makes some fairly fundamental changes. Right. But, yeah, he's been he's been at this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hope you've been surprised and delighted by what you've been playing, Kyrie. I That's have. That's a transition, folks. That that is. Um, I have been surprised and delighted as I have been playing the game Potionomics. <laughs> Uh, Potionomics is a uh, game that's being published by Exceed Games. It is an indie title. Um, I forget the developers. I apologize. Um, they, so, six, yeah, yeah. remember back in the day, the early days of Steam, when it was quite a big deal to have certain indie games show up, like, on the platform? Like, this is, like, early, yeah. early days. Yeah, it was a rare get, for yeah. sure. How do I even pronounce that? Hold That's on. just Voracious Games. Voracious Games, yes, as the name of the, the publisher, uh, not publisher, developer. Um, the bi- I remember long ago there was a big headliner game. In big in the te- in the sense of like this was a first for the platform, but it was like a little game known as like I always pronounce it Reciteer, but it was uh, also I believe it's supposed to be a Reciteer, but Reciteer, yeah. yeah. Um. That's a it's a game in which you are a girl trying to run a shop and not fall horribly into debt. And many many years later, Potionomics feels like a a team that was inspired by this game and has it feels like almost like an HD reimagining of that game while like trying to do a lot of its own stuff. It's it's fascinating. 
Um, basic premise, you play a uh, girl gets a letter from her uh, presumed dead uncle um, that she has inherited a potions shop of not much renowned. And it turns out there's a bunch of debt that she has to deal with. And so you spend your days, you know, making potions, meeting people around town, and just generally trying to pay off the the witch that comes by every 10 days uh, expecting payment. Um, capitalism, ho. Capitalism, ho. <laughs> um, and so, like, what, what follows is a pretty, like, it's one of those games that, like, again, starts, like, fairly simple and just kind of, like, blossoms and like gets like bigger and wider as the more you play it um it's kind of like harder like like it's I'm trying to think of a good place to start like the main thing that drew me into it truthfully because i have brain worms is the fact that bartering is done by means of a card game um so in so you're trying to make as much money with, like, you know, a customer comes up to you and says, I have a potion, I want to buy it. And in in Reseteer, your job was to try and, like, you know, figure out, like, ah, what price are they willing to pay and how far do you want to push them or how much of a discount do you want to give them to, you know, either maximize profit or maximize their happiness, right? Mm -hmm. um, in Potionomics... The way it's played is that you're juggling um, Sylvia's stress level. You're juggling, like, the um, customer's interest and several other factors by playing cards and trying to close out a deal. Um, and it, oddly enough, like, the gameplay reminds me a little bit of Pokemon because one of the key mechanics is that, like, every customer that comes in has a certain amount of patience. Um, and... <laughs> oh my. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> sorry i broke i broke curious concentration you kind of did you kind of did um <laughs> you were saying every customer has a certain amount of patience yes every customer has a certain amount of patience that if that number ever hits zero they just walk away and don't buy the potion uh, itself um so what you do is that you play cards that um try to you're trying to pique their interest but Every time you advance the turn and like you end your turn and you get a new set of cards after the customer's turn, you know, they lose a certain amount of patience. And it's trying to ride that fine line of like when you're trying to catch a Pokemon where you want to get it as close to zero as possible without going over. Mm. Um, because that's when you can close out the deal and get like the maximum like price for a potion. Mm. Um, and I actually like a thing that I really appreciate is that like um, Sylvia's stress is persistent it's like in the lower right you kind of see a stress percentage that kind of goes up through like kind of the attacks as it were that customers do to you is cause you stress which is you know <laughs> sure not that far off from real life um and as you get more and more stressed, it basically does D100 dice roll based on, you know, your stress level, and you might draw a dummy card. And you meet characters later on that can give you cards to kind of deal with it and get it to, like, discard those dummy cards. Um, but it persists even throughout the working day, which, 
you know, outside of the bartering, you have like a, you know, like in Restier, you know, a time management aspect where you meet people around town, gather supplies, send people on, on quests. Um, just a lot of stuff to manage as time like kind of ticks down, you know, towards these debt, uh, deadlines. Um, but you, the way you reduce stress is going to bed early and <laughs> meeting with your friends, which is like small detail. Unrealistic. <laughs> the way you reduce your stress is you don't. <laughs> but help, help. <laughs> but no, I, I've been I've been enamored by this game. Um, the gameplay kind of get me got me initially. Not necessarily the art style, which I do. I have learned to like the art style but on some level i look at it and it's like oh this is just like this just feels like knockoff like overwatch uh character models that somebody made um i thought the animations were pretty cute the animations are pretty cute it's just you know it's just of that type of style which is you know it's neither it's not necessarily a bad thing but i did see a they drew a bunch of 2d art as well the 2d art is like really like appealing it looks a lot better honestly yeah Yeah. like the card art like because there's no like booster packs or anything in this game you basically do the persona like social link thing and you Mm -hmm. unlock new cards to add to your deck and the card art looks great like um there's a lot of really great 2d art it's just that the 3d art is not as strong i'll put it that way yeah i do like how like certain cards just seem to come about by observing how your friends interact with you or like there's a bit where someone tries to haggle with you and you learn oh okay i can now more efficiently haggle using their strategy well i you you know what the 3d art looks like Mm -hmm. i figured it out the 3d art looks like those like twitter ads you see for like various like fake mobile games right uh-huh. it's like oh. mafia city or like match mansion <laughs> oh that's mean i i would say it looks slightly better than that but again it's, but it's in the neighborhood i'm not wrong the 2d again the 2d art is just so strong um, yeah with um the card art and otherwise but here's the thing it also helps that the characters are pretty fun um i like the various like people that you meet in town um i um enjoy like characters like baptiste who is like the guy who runs the heroes guild who um you pay you basically um give him money to send people out on like quests that can affect the ecosystem but it also gets you rare materials um you meet like a fighter Mint, she goes on quests directly, like individual quests. Um, there's a, there's like a, um, there's a character named Quinn who you just like give stuff to them, they eat, and then the next day go, eh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to sell this to you tomorrow. <laughs> um, this includes rocks and various slimes. Um, yeah, pair of cat. Love a proper trash person. <laughs> pair of pair of like pirate cats. It it's sometimes just gets a little too like twee with it though. I'm gonna be honest. Um, like it's it's hard to like <laughs> hard to hard to quantify. 
And while I do appreciate the idea that um, Sylvia, like you can like with the social links, you can get into a romantic relationship with just about any character. But the problem is the um, very the two you often only get two dialogue options, and your two dialogue options are fairly banal thing or aggressively flirty option. Hmm. Um. So the classic. Uh... The classic RPG um, situation. <laughs> I I guess. Uh... <laughs> I, I'm just reminded of playing stuff like Assassin's Creed or Mass Effect where you get choices and then one of them just lo- has the little heart icon next to it and all the other ones are... <laughs> it's, it's it's like, you're, you're like, hmm, I, ho- I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know about that. I wish you'd take your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> not to say that... <laughs> But not to say that there aren't, like, fun, like, or interesting characters, which, again, like, one of the characters you meet, like, later on is this, um, moth lady who, uh, will manipulate, like, the market for you and put out ads for, like, your, um, like, for your shop and has, uh, four arms at all times. Um, but, yeah, it's, if nothing else, like, I think the core gameplay loop is just, like, really strong and it also does something that you can't really do this in Reseteer, but it's a nice little change that one of the frustrating things of Reseteer as a game is that when you have the debt deadline looming like there are scenarios in which you're just fucked right like it's yeah. mathematically impossible for you to make your debt back so what the game does is it reframes these deadlines as potion contests that you enter. And it, you know, you have to have brewed a certain type of potion, like three distinct types of potions of certain quality or um, of certain like strength, right? But mm-hmm. if you, as long as you pass that check, you get into a scenario where you are competing with the, you know, 10 day arc, you know, character that you're going up against right and -hmm. you have the judge in front of you and the judge goes hmm i value your opponent's you know potion at 150 gold i value yours at one you know 110 and then you do the bargaining and like the haggling mechanics to raise Mm -hmm. that price um where like you know stress levels are amplified but it's a lot more forgiving because if you you get an opportunity to like remake your deck like between like um, rounds in the contest. So you do have three, you basically have three rounds as it's a best of, you know, first to two. And Mm -hmm. as long as you are, you know, able to enter the contest and are proficient with the mechanics of haggling, you can pass like these debt, like checks basically um these contests because the contest prize is always conveniently how much money you need to pay to the witch that comes to your house and takes your money (laughs) it's i'm only just realizing it now that you're just laying out the structure here but it's really weird that need for speed unbound came out like a month after this game and it has an incredibly similar structure in terms of like you have to win a bunch of races to earn X amount of money, and you have to build your car to X spec before a specific race over the weekend, which you have to win to uh, 
get a chance at winning back your car. Right. Like it's a I I don't I wanna I don't wanna break any illusions here. But mm. Jen. Yeah. You have to pay rent and they keep raising it because of inflation. This is just the world. <laughs> I <laughs> Rent mechanics suck in the real world, though. Like, I can't I can't suddenly get into a card game with my landlord to, like, actually, my, my, my rent should be this much this month. If I don't pay uh, it, yeah. I get on the street. And I know you were cooking, but this is the exact mechanics of Toho as well, of Misty as Izakaya. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. But I, I think by, like, by framing it as contests that you enter and give, making it a little bit more loose. It's a little less stressful than trying to like make, you know, the, you know, make the deadlines in potionomics as it is in Reseteer. Although there mm-hmm. are one or two things I think Reseteer actually does better, but like, for example, the one thing I've always appreciated how in Reseteer, um, as certain characters enter your shop, you can give them pretty steep discounts to either raise their affection with you or, like, um, you know, give Louis a better item than his stupid sword that he keeps holding on to for some reason. Um, like, there are, like, ways to be like, okay, I'm giving you friend prices. Potionomics doesn't really have that. Like, the characters that you interact with will come to your shop and ask to buy stuff, and there's no way to intentionally fail the haggle to, like, raise affection. Like, I've tried this. Like, I've tried, like, selling the potion at its base price, you know, just, like, instantly closing out the deal, and, Mm -hmm. you know, not getting any effect from it, which is, like, I get it. There, you know, it's a very tight loop that the game is going for, and eventually you can like you know raise their social link enough to get a coupon from them to like get certain effects like oh cheaper ingredients from quinn or like you know cheaper whatever i just wish as the person running the shop i could also give friend prices you know sure um but that's like my only one i guess specific hang up with um this game i mean i have a few others I'm still largely having a really good time with it. Um, it helps. It's a game that I can play with just a mouse. Hence the, you know, wrist issues that I've been having mm-hmm. lately. Yeah. Um, I wish it had controller support because um, there's no reason it, do- it can't necessarily be played with a controller. But still, um, being able to play it mouse only has been a boon to me in specific. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure as an indie studio, it's probably a situation where they wanted to get the PC version working first, and then at some point when they look towards uh, other consoles and stuff, they can like figure out how to do controllers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's been doing fairly well for them. Um, they did push an update um, a little while ago to make it so filtering your ingredients um, not only just when you are building the potions, but also, um, like, when you're buying ingredients, like, they've added certain quality of life filters, so they've been mm-hmm. good at taking that feedback. Um, God, I didn't even mention, like, potion brewing is kind of fun in this game. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll keep it kind of simple, like, potion brewing is just, yeah, you buy, like, certain cauldrons, gives you certain, like, parameters you can work with, but they're also loose parameters, where 
you can have like a perfectly balanced like you try to make a you know mana potion and it requires you know ingredients a and c to be in like a two two to one ratio that's not how it is in the game but that's just an example right mm-hmm. and you could you know use the combination of ingredients to get a perfect two to one but if it's not perfect the game will still let you make the potion um which i appreciate because it's like sometimes you know like you know with cooking it's like sometimes you don't have the perfect amount of a particular ingredient so you compensate with something else or you try something else or just accept that it's close enough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and I appreciate that this game, you know, looked at Reseteer. It was like, this is like a cool idea, but, you know, taught the game to lighten up a little. <laughs> so, like, it's, you know, playable for normal people. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I definitely wanted to like Reseteer, and it was just too mean. <laughs> yeah. I I think this game, like, manages to, like, make... You know, it captures that, like, core idea of, you know, running your own shop, building, you know, making these potions, getting a great price, you know, making big profits or whatever. It's like, it's a lot, it's a fun little loop, but also leaves in enough wiggle room so you don't feel like you have to make the perfect run. Um, Because nothing's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, I, I, it is one of a number of games that I intend to give a shot, uh, probably in January. To be honest, sure. Uh, because no, I, it's just I like <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get through December. I gotta survive December, and then suddenly my life opens up again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It plays okay on Steam Deck. Um, I don't. I, I, I'm sure I can get used to like, like I've been borrowing Jen's Steam Deck every now and again. I tried to play it on there, and. I could get used to the, you know, the haptic like touchpad, but like it, per- it plays perfectly fine uh, on the on the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, that's Potionomics. It's it's fun. Like I I think I'm glad I uh I I think it's like it's just cool to see like a game like this come out and you know, clearly be influenced by, by like these, you know, other indie titles from years ago, because it's, it's, it's nice to see that, uh, that idea evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, uh, I, I like, I like the genre and I like, I mean, I think even just the simple, like making the negotiation, like a card game, as opposed to like Reseteers, like try a price and see how mad they get. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, is a is a smart change. Yeah, and again, just activates like my Yu Gi Oh brain worms, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, it has been a uh, a full month now. Uh huh. And we've been putting out a bunch of stuff, and I would like it if everybody were to pick something that uh, that they've they've been proud of in this past month. Okay. I can start. Like, um, I was really happy with that episode of Oops All Manga, um, Dr. Slump that we did. Um, 
mostly because like I, I thought it was a great episode. It was a lot of fun to do, you know, to record, but also uh, in the back end, I have been having some issues where I just wasn't able to keep up with the editing schedule. Um, mm-hmm. And that was me kind of coming back. Like I, you know, I, I had taken over editing for that show for a little while, but due to life circumstances, I wasn't quite able to do that for a couple of episodes, but being able to go back to it and edit it. And we got it out at like the very first of the month, like incredibly on time. I was very happy with uh, how that turned out in the, on the production side, but also just, we had a good talk as well. And Dr. Slump is a very cute manga and I loved reading it. So um, yeah, yeah. I'm really proud of how that uh, turned out. Uh, I think the, the, one that I want to shout out is uh, from near the beginning of the month, from December 8th. Um, it was our episode of Mechanist NG. We did a listener request, as we often do. We have a list of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my co-host Dylan checks it every now and then, but not op- not that often. And so sometimes there are things on there they haven't seen that I've added because, you know, a listener emailed me and was like, hey, this would be funny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked about the Dodge Viper, the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was a fun episode. I think the best part, I mean, it's its kind of everyone's favorite part of this episode is going to be the same, which is the part where I explain about the Dodge Ram SR10, which is a Dodge Ram, a truck where they just put a Dodge Viper engine in it. And at first, Dylan is just in sort of yes and, but it's sort of like, huh, yeah. And I see the specs here. It's like, wait. This is a truck and just has a meltdown. <laughs> I I have been listening. I actually listened to that episode uh, a little recently on my way to work. And Dylan's specific meltdown over putting that putting a Viper engine into a truck is so fucking funny. <laughs> like, very good. that was a very good episode. Uh, like, <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. As for me, um, we did a another Patreon stream uh, a few weeks ago where um, Six was playing Tohu Mistias Isekaya while I was cooking Mapu Tofu on stream, and uh, that was a bit stressful. But like, I'm really proud that I was able to keep it together and uh, do it in a relatively camera friendly way, and the food turned out great. Yeah. You turned out a really photogenic bowl of uh, mabo tofu, which is impressive. Thank you. Yeah, like, I, I, God, I remember when we were working on the pre-production on that, uh, that stream. Um, I, I, I think I posted a picture of somewhere of, like, tying the camera to, like, one of our kitchen cabinet doors with tape and a belt. You uh, make it work. Mm-hmm. But Jen, you did an amazing job, um, like cooking, especially for a, for a live internet audience. Thank you. Yeah, hard job. All right, well, Jen, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Okay, uh, you can find me at JBU three on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on co-host at uh, Jen hyphen and hyphen Aster. And uh, most of my stuff is on scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. So say we all. Yep. Um, you find me on uh, Twitter at Kyrie A. Page or co-host Kyrie A. Page. 
or also I, I did open this up a little while ago the um scanline media tumblr i haven't done much with it but it's there scanlinemedia.tumblr.com it's a thing mm-hmm. um and also uh you know Danganronpa recap podcast with me and jen at despaircast on 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 twitter and it's also hey. on itunes it's at you despair at you oh it's my despair cast <laughs> the yes, letter at, you despair cast it's more likely you. than you think more like <laughs> at you despair cast and also uh, you know getting it onto itunes uh was a bit of a struggle but it's been on itunes for a little while so that's been good uh you can find me on twitter at six detmar s-i-x-d-e-t-t-m-a-r my dms are open for any questions comments and feedback for any scanline work um as far as the post twitter world that is starting to seem increasingly likely yeah whatever um i do have a mastodon but i don't know we'll see we'll see how things shake out when when the stuff actually goes bad i'll let you know for now don't worry about it for now we do have the website scanlinemedia.com and patreon.com slash scanlinemedia of course of course yeah for all your scanline media needs like listening to our podcasts we run 13 shows no 14 14 14 i think i'm on 13 which means there must be 14 because there's one i'm not on (laughs) right right (laughs) um that's we put out a lot of stuff and i'm really happy with what we've been putting out in 2022 uh it's been good it's been good y'all yeah yeah uh, but for now, we're we're gonna get out of here and and leave you to the rest of your days or nights or wherever life finds you. Peace out. See ya later. later.